0: Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and in local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. hello. hello, hello oh, you hello. beat me to yeah, it. That sounds it. nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are back in studio, but not in the Speak the Truth studio. We are actually in Salem, Oregon right Beautiful now. Beautiful Oregon. Yes. With the red state.
1: and orange trees.
0: Intro to Biblical Counseling Conference at Salem Heights Church here in Salem, Oregon, and we have a couple of special guests in the studio today. And we have Justin Green, the lead pastor of Salem Heights. Justin, how you doing? Doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Awesome meeting you today. Carl, chica, yes. chica, chica, chica. Oh, Sorry, I, I had to do saying. it, man. Oh, yeah. really? That just happened. That's gonna be heard worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> bump, bump. Chica, chica. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. there you go. You picked that one up.
0: Yeah, there was some flavor in that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That that's was our good. Era. Yeah, what was it? Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, all right. So. Hey,
1: wait, but who is Carl?
0: That's what I was getting ready to say. Oh, okay. Carl, what's your position? Because you do a lot of different things, but yeah. what's the official oh,
1: title Oh, yeah, for that's Carl a good question. Chica?
0: Pastoral care and counseling. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom. The man behind made to minister. Yeah. Maybe. N- maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to it steal depends the Depends on if it
2: goes well.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, then, it and well. then it's your wife's, it well. right? Yeah. My,
1: and, then, and then it's and then it's Laura's ministry if it doesn't do well. Correct. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Singular yeah. wife. He says,
3: Lord, My it's wife. the woman <laughs> you oh, gave
1: me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we, we got to get off the English thing here. They're making fun of me before we started recording everyone that I can't pronounce things very well. Let's just, it is, it is what it is. If you love Shauna, you just got to love that and just let it roll. You know what I mean? Mm. Why do you got to stop and point it out? What's the point of that?
0: Because it's fun.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, it's like because that's, that's said, what you said you don't make the m- truth is becoming is like banter at my expense.
0: Well, you say that you don't make a lot of mistakes, and that is true. That so is when very true. you do I'm make so them, I have that. to capitalize. That's I become true. a capitalist in those moments. Oh, now that sure. makes
1: sense. Okay, I'll give yeah. it to you now.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we are beyond excited to be here. Really, truly, uh, it's
1: already off to a great start.
0: Already off to a great start. Just really encouraged, um, and we're gonna get into this here in just a moment. But what we really wanted to. Capture in this particular episode is we wanted really the rest of the world to hear what's really happening. Uh, this isn't just a podcast where we kind of in our little bubbles talking about what we know. I mean, this is, this is gospel driven, gospel saturated stuff that we're trying to press into here. So, yeah. and we're sitting here with, uh, two men, uh, who are on the front lines of that action. And so we just wanted to capture that in an episode and encourage, uh, the body at large, uh, wherever you may be, uh, with this particular reality and what they're doing, which, um, so Justin and Carl, um, with what you guys have done, there you go, you, you guys. I didn't even say y'all, so yeah, I, I kept Texas in Texas. Yeah, Good job. Uh, just with the origin uh, and the the humble beginnings of what you guys have done here uh, to bring biblical counseling to the local church context, which obviously in Oregon is a pretty heavily secular culture, right? So could -hmm. you just share with us and just provide a little context with this, the humble beginnings of how things have come, uh, and then just the impact that it's had on the community at large. And then in your local church context,
1: we'll go with with Justin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us.
2: Well, I, I think, uh, uh, Carl and I have been together over 20 years That's awesome. uh, doing ministry here and uh, we really started off, um, as accountability partners for each other. So uh, he, he's counseling me to stay in ministry, you know, and I'm <laughs> counseling him to uh, jump on the ship with me That's awesome. and, uh, We we began uh, working alongside a a senior pastor uh, who was uh, desiring to to meet the needs of the sheep, but really only had a small, small window. And uh, in a growing church, it wasn't uh, enough. And so Carl and I had begun to take on quite a bit of the counseling at that time. And uh, increasingly, just became overwhelmed with the need. Uh, The more people that were coming, the more that we saw uh, a need that was in our not just our congregation, but we were connected in the community. We began to see other people coming in, and we're overwhelmed with the need. And so, uh, as I recall it, we, I had gone down to a conference, um, saw some materials down there that I thought would be of use to us. We brought those back. Uh, ultimately, we didn't end up using all those materials, but it started a conversation with Carl and I and Laura um, uh, about how could we train some of these really godly people that were already in our church to do the work as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's actually Carl and Laura's strength. Um, they're really, um, not just capable in the counseling uh, situation with a hurting individual, but they were amazing teachers of other people being able to bring them along and, and, uh, inspire them to success, Uh, using scripture to counsel their friends and neighbors. And uh, so it just began small with the idea that we wanted to train up some people and it lit on fire real quick.
3: Mm -hmm. Trailblazers. Yeah. Yeah. It literally was um, a discount on two seminary courses that we were at a conference. And one class was on pastoral counseling, the other one on biblical counseling. And we began to share those materials with other people, the laity, the the regular people in attendance at the church that were already involved in small groups or women's ministries or men's ministries and beginning to equip them. Mm -hmm. As we became more and more aware of what was out there, then we started encouraging them to read books um, on the ministry of the word of God in biblical counseling. Um, And so we continued to see that equipping ministry go on as the need continue to just continue to grow, not just in the church or local churches, but also in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, And really now it being acknowledged uh, across the nation that Oregon is in a real hurting place as far as the mental health of people that are just in our state and really being able to then have an openness where we can even minister to them and them coming to the church at hard points and saying, I need something more than what I've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. And then we are able to present Christ in that context. Real
1: yeah. hope, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that's, that's one of the things I've always really said that, you know, the church is, is really the doctrine. Of the church is for the, the body of believers. Right. Um, but you know, in, for biblical counseling in the church is to really be able to give the soul care for pastors to shepherd their, their congregation. And, and, and then obviously us as believers to be able to really fully live out those one another scriptures. But one of the things that I've, I've really loved uh, hearing from the time I came in August and Justin even talking a little bit more about, um, you know the ministry that y'all have outside of the church, where you know really this counseling and building up leaders to then go out. You're really it really is a ministry that's on mission for the church. Really, when people are broken and they're hurting or they're struggling through these addictions from a recovery standpoint, what a great place to get the the true hope and and to be able to love on them well that other places wouldn't be able to do that. Not saying that you can't partner with the mental health community, but the fact but it's about partnering partnership, not just sending them away type of thing. And so tell me a little bit about that street ministry that you guys have here again.
2: With Be Bold. Yeah. Uh, the guys in the sweatshirts. Yeah. You see yeah. Here. Tell, yeah. Tell everybody about that. All well, tatted up. Loving Christ. Yeah. yeah. Love well, that. I mean, uh, these guys are guys that are coming right out of prison, uh, been transformed or out of homelessness or out of severe addictions and the transformation that they've experienced because of the word of God and the spirit of God, just changing who they are fundamentally uh, these guys go right back into those hard places eagerly. That's home. I mean, it's uh, like we would turn off into a cul-de-sac. They're they're heading off into uh, yep. a homeless camp and they just are, they know the people, they know what the needs are and they, they offer them the gospel and uh, scripture. And we're watching people come out of addiction, homelessness, and brokenness at a real rapid rate because these guys that are getting transformed are uh, going back into those places, but it's just brokenness. hmm um, and all we're taking, uh, all that they're taking are scriptures, uh, and the gospel, you know, they're, they're sharing with them, um, what it was that transformed them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's obviously a huge part of it when we have, when it's part of our testimony and we can personally say we, I mean, the, the, from the power of scripture, right. And the power of the Lord is really what saved me.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, just even going back to what Jeremy was sharing in his plenary session in uh, the first session, just, uh, the, Taking that ministry to the streets is really the the call to every disciple, which is loving God first, right? And loving your neighbor. Well, he said loving your neighbor as yourself, but the modified version of John 13 where it's you go and love people as I have loved you. Yeah. That's sacrificial love. Mm-hmm. So Christ, oh, Christ modified displayed. it. Yeah. Yeah. He modified it. And that's the love that they experienced in the street. And God called them out of the street. I said, out of the yeah, the street. Yeah. Out of the street. <laughs> yeah. out of the street. Um, so to to be to, to to grow and connect with other brothers and then and other brothers and sisters and then go back to the very place that God delivered them from and yeah. taking that light. And even like Jeremy mentioned in his plenary session on Colossians one, just being transferred from the darkness, the you know, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Mm-hmm. And they're taking that light back to that kingdom. And the gospel is making headway against that that kingdom for the, for the kingdom of God. yeah, it It's just a beautiful, is. beautiful picture of discipleship on the front end of discipleship.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that we see in counseling is, um, sometimes we, we picture that, uh, well, I'm going to go do work and then I'm going to do counseling as if that's a separate, like that's not, that's mm-hmm. not doing the work. So if right. I'm going to go help somebody, I'm going to go paint their house. I'm going to clip their, You know, Mm -hmm. their lawn, I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do. And we figure that's work. And then I'm going to come alongside and do something different. But in fact, one of the greatest apologetics is just to go love your neighbor in this way. And it's biblical counseling. How how can I help them settle their mind by uh, encountering the God of the universe? There's nothing greater uh, as a ministry that you can give, but it is a work. It's a work that you can do. And these guys see both of those things. Uh, They're taking them a, a hot cup of coffee and... Uh, They're taking them the gospel, but they, they, uh, everywhere they go, they take the word of God and some kindness. And I think that's what's happening with our, our counseling ministry. Same thing. We see a bunch of broken people. Nominal believers, unbelievers coming in, they need hope. And uh, they're just sitting down with them and telling them about the God of the universe. And it's settling hearts and changing lives.
1: That's awesome. I I love that you mentioned that this morning, that technically we're all counselors, you know, and I love—I actually write that article, The Everyday Counselor. And so we are. So how do we turn our opinions into wisdom as we counsel others? And so and, you know, and I really find that in kind of that intentional discipleship piece that we're we're naturally in most Mm -hmm. churches, you know, have a niche and they kind of roll with it. But Carl, what I hear, you know, from you and, and what I see in, in the ministry that you continue to not only have created, but then continue to build off with, you know, the help of your team is going into that intensive discipleship. And Oregon definitely, you know, battles a lot of things that we'll talk on another episode of, of kind of going more in depth of that mental health. But let me ask you this question. Cause here, here's what I'm thinking that pastors are out there thinking they're saying, okay, we're, we're, we get you like, we need counseling ministry. Like, what does that look like? And where do I start? So tell me, like, how did you and and laura and emily and the team like identify like who are the leaders because Mm -hmm. you know you're saying the need is there Mm -hmm. and we don't have enough people to help Mm -hmm. out so how where do you start like how do you identify that Mm -hmm. these are the ones to start with to then start Mm -hmm. multiplying what are your thoughts i think
3: at the beginning it was observing to see where the word of god was richly dwelling so in the lives of individual men and women who is participating in what you might call Bible study services, serving opportunities, and beginning to see that fruit manifest in their own personal lives. And then observing within the body, who do people go to and who responds when there is a need? Mm -hmm. And we kept on seeing different people there and it was the consistent person that would pop up husband and wife or a man or a woman. And they're involved in the word of God, richly dwelling in their personal life and then their ministry life. And then coming alongside them and saying, can we further equip you? You have been discipled. You have been steeped in areas of doctrine you have been serving, you have been involved in people's lives, but can we equip you further? Some of them looking at us and going, what? I, I, I'm I, not a pastor. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then demonstrating with them, then how do we actually do this ministry of the word? Mm-hmm. You know, so is it in a community group? Um, And there's couples coming and everyone leaves when community group is over that Bible study night Mm -hmm. and one lingers behind and they want to talk because they're struggling in parenting or marriage life. Mm -hmm. And can that couple that's hosting the community group just sit down as ones who have been richly growing in the word of God And now, just come in now. Offer support to them, Mm. and then in some cases, being able to go. We need. We need additional help. Who can we go to? We have our pastors, and we do have our elders, and we do have our men and women in ministry that can also come alongside you. But I'm not going to just deposit you. I'm going to go with you to get that help.
0: That's huge. That's Mm -hmm. a huge qualifier, Mm -hmm. uh, especially to the one another in peace. You know, Uh, because a lot of times it's we refer them off when they, they go alone. And typically when you send somebody off alone, they may make one attempt and they may not get a response. So then they retreat to isolation, Mm -hmm. you know, so to always keep somebody, you know, side, Mm-hmm. of you. Um, that's awesome. Um, yeah. that, that's, that's, huge. well,
1: even in the fact of where we've had, you know, those come to us who were suicidal <laughs> and they didn't have people in their life that could hold them accountable or help keep them safe. And so they had to go to an, a, a, you know, a hospital and institution to be able to, to give them that support that they needed. Right. We Mm -hmm. couldn't provide that, but after they were stable, they still have to transition back in home and someone Mm -hmm. needs to be there. And not everybody has that family support that some of us take. So, you know, for granted at times really. And so who are those people that are going to love them well? And I love the fact that the church can offer that type of support and yeah, we want to be at a certain place and kind of be a know-it-all and know exactly what to say, but then what, where's the fruit of being dependent on the spirit, you Mm -hmm. know? And so for those of you that are out there, that might be, scared to say, I can't handle this. This is too intense. It really is at the end of the day, but that's where the Lord comes in and he's at work already. And so just be, um, be obedient in that moment and, and allow uh, the Lord to use you to show, you know, love to, to others in that way. Um, you know, Justin, when you think of um, starting a ministry, you know, as, as a pastor and kind of maybe the head of saying, you are you the, the main yes, maybe the no, most churches yeah. kind of come to, and this is probably like a ministry that's very scary to build. It can get very messy at times or intense. A lot of things you got to figure out. I can't even imagine Oregon compared to yeah. some of the other states might be a little bit easier than even what you have it here. But what would you say to those pastors out there who might be almost hindered by, From the fear of really stepping out in this way and could be kind of comfortable in just the small group and then sending them out, if that makes sense. What would you, how would you encourage them?
2: Well, and, uh, and I would say probably here and, and, uh, you can ask, uh, you know, Carl and some of the other folks, but I, I would say I'm more yes than no in almost everything. I'm
1: Carl, is of, that true? You can call that, This is, is your time. Ta- if you want to call him out, this yeah. is, their time no, too, no, right you is your time too right now. That is true.
3: Yeah, that, that <laughs> is true. I, I think, um, so next time he yeah. says
1: no, I want you to pull up this podcast and be like, uh, wait a minute, this uh-huh. is what you said. <laughs>
3: uh-huh. so, so I think if we, if we look at that question that you have there, yeah. um, I come more from a professional background in counseling. Mm -hmm. And so that my training was more in an office. Yeah. um, More formal. Performing uh, counseling on a sliding scale, charging fees. Okay. And Mm -hmm. that was the idea that I came in with even as a believer. So there was a real separation of what the church was doing and what professional counselors were doing.
1: And if you were to incorporate it in the church, this is how I would do it or whatever, right? Yeah. With the sliding scale mm-hmm. and all that. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. And so what Justin began to encourage at the very beginning was we need to bring you on staff and you need to counsel people and not worry about finances, but you're going to be a pastor. Mm. That's what pastors should be doing but you also have training. And, um, and I think that, uh, we also had, uh, some elders who, although were a generation before us in age began to be open to that idea. So we prayed about it and then they began to support it. And as we began to now share that with the community of believers, we began to encourage them to view the body of Christ more accurately and that is not that we come to a church that is like perfect, but that actually we are as much a training center as we much, as much are a hospital mm-hmm. for believers and non-believers and that it's okay. Mm. Yeah. And so then that vision then began to actually grow beyond what I um, would have naturally seen as a professional model, even trying to bring it into the church.
1: Mm. That's awesome. Justin.
3: I, I think that, uh,
2: There has to be a shift sometimes in the way that we as leaders uh, even look at the situation. When we're sitting back trying to professionalize it, we're really uh, using our counseling practice or that opportunity as a way to uh, edify ourselves. I, you know, I killed it when I said this, Uh, I, I nailed these verses. I really helped them in this scenario and I can help one at a time. And then I, I open the door, let them go, and I, I bring in one more. And now I'm going to walk through. But I, I've had time to prepare for this individual, thought about their stuff. I'm prepared for them to come. We're in, you know, Oregon, and it's a spiritual Mogadishu mm-hmm. out there, right? I mean, it's just, there's people hurting everywhere. And so I imagine what would you do if you opened your door and there's hurting people? Everywhere, would you stop and say, "Okay, well, I'm I'm not a doctor," and just close your door? Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's literally people that are bleeding and hurting, and it's uh, you know a war zone, you run out and you just begin to help whoever you can. And and I imagine God looking out here. Here's all of my kids, or all these people that I love, and they're wounded. Is he is he more satisfied with a Justin Green who waits and makes sure that I get this diagnosis? Purpose? I have just the white, you know, the perfect band aid. For every little scenario or is he excited that I'm out there doing whatever I can and I just looked at it as a need issue let's not worry about being uh, perfect as much as we better have a hunger to be in the work and what you find out with the EMTs that are at World War II or whatever you know you watch those movies and, and they get better as the more that they practice you go in with some training yeah. but the fact is you can identify what wounds you can handle and what you can't but mm-hmm. you can handle a lot more than you've been doing. And I think that's the issue for me is why not help as many people as we can and, tr- and take others into the field with us and just say, look, that one's bleeding. I don't want you to handle everybody else. Just help them. And, and it begins to grow once you are successful helping. And spiritually somebody,
0: speaking, if you're stopping the bleeding, I mean, that's the first point.
2: It is. And then you can, I mean, yeah.
0: you got to do, if you don't do that, you weren't doing anything else, right? It's really true. Yeah. You start there, then you'll have the time to do that. And I think that's a good reminder too, Justin, because at the end of the day, We're just the instrument. That's it. We're not not actually the medicine. Yeah. Yeah. God's the instrument. He's Mm -hmm. the one using us to accomplish the work, but we're not like, we're not the surgeon. We're just the instrument. It's true. And that, that is such a beautiful, beautiful, just reality knowing like spiritually speaking, obviously here in this context, there's a lot of people bleeding, you know what there I mean? There is. Spiritually and, speaking. And
2: so. on top of that, I think one of the things we're not trying to do is replace professionals. We, in the conference that we just did, we were talking about uh, uh, the fact that um, because we are training people to be ministers and saying to them, hey, you're made to minister, it does not mean uh, that we're replacing professionals any more than training to be an EMT. replaces are doctors. Man. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're helping be, become um, people who can, can push people to the right help. But also like what you said is, uh, w- when you come home, you need the church to be something. Well, if you're already not like thick with that, you're not going to be available for people. It'll be a special project. You'll see them as special projects rather than just a, a natural part of who you are as a church member. We're supposed to be the safe place to fall. Um, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be home for the hurting. And and we don't train that way. Uh, we look at them as a special project, and if I got time for you, I'll do it. But, I mean, imagine uh, if we
0: treated our our own families as as, a, as our main project. And I we
2: feel distant.
0: The gospel is so familial. I mean, we're be, to be called a child of God. I mean that. that I mean that has obviously familial implications. Yeah. I mean, so that that changes the heart and approach when we actually help with hurting people. So that's that's a good that's Absolutely. a good thought. Good.
1: Well, let's, let's now kind of, um, put ourselves in where I have two, you know, I have three pastors around, around the table with me and I'm, and I once was a leader and maybe didn't have pastor support. So what about there's a leader out there and it's not really starting from the top and they feel led, whether it's a male or female, you know, what would you say for them? Do they need to wait until, you know, the church is on board and it's an official counseling ministry or where would you encourage them to start?
3: I would encourage them to start with their own journey, you know, their own spiritual growth and journey. That and is that a plug for I know, the book? Oh, is that, a, oh, is that wow, a book plug? That's good.
1: Okay. We'll <laughs> okay. talk about that in another podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will definitely. That's a great, that's a great piece of material.
3: To see that they have a story that God sovereignly designed to uh, be encountered with the ultimate story, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then once that, Faith has germinated and produced eternal life. Now what I need to be a disciple of Christ. And so I can be in the word on my own with the Holy spirit growing. I can be within the body of Christ being discipled and then not waiting to understand that now I am called to immediately now begin my own discipleship ministry Mm -hmm. with what I know. At that time. And so I would encourage people to then continue to pursue that discipleship, that growth, that journey in their own personal faith, and then to be available to others. Um, And then oftentimes it's difficult as a pastor and a leader to get so many ideas and everyone has a little bit of a, of a niche or an idea, this ministry, this new idea. But when people actually are willing now to serve and to be accountable and to be personally sacrificial. I think if God really has something for them and it's designed to, to grow in the local church, that then people will take notice. They'll go, there's something unique there. Mm. What is it about Mike that is growing that way? And he participates, he's growing. People go to him. He's, he's available, he's humble. And then now leaders, then look at us as individuals and go, what is it that now you might contribute to the body of Christ? What ideas do you have?
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's so easy just for people to kind of come into a church and look and say, Oh, but they don't have this. Mm-hmm. They don't have this. And they're like waiting for it, it to be, be just started. A Texas
0: problem. I don't know. Well, no, no.
1: maybe you're right. You're right. Because I mean, that, that is a huge perspective of kind of where we're at, but you know, it is, I do. I want to encourage the leader out there who could be listening to this saying like, I know there's something there. I'm being drawn to this. Um, obviously know that God continues to put this influence around me. And I just don't know what to do with it. Do I need to wait for a formal type setting that's in yeah. the church? And they shouldn't, they they, they should continue, They should just, again, uh, read and learn more and put themselves out there. I remember even just me starting out as a counselor, you know, maybe I, I, I was studying a lot on anger because I struggle with anger personally. My husband has a scar to prove it. And like in that, you know, I might not have really been, you know, drawn to really think or study anything on suicide and depression right but then like as i put myself in there to be able to counsel someone who's struggling with that god ignited that passion mm-hmm. in me that i want to learn more about this mm-hmm. i want to understand more and then come to find out i actually walked through a season of that myself which was really sweet of god to prepare me for that and what that looked like but you know you being out there and not knowing everything about every area that someone could walk through that's okay like when you put yourself in that experience and allow the spirit to work use you as the instrument level Love that, Michael, that you continue to say that Instrument Redeemer's Hands is one of my favorite books by Paul Tripp. Um, you, God will ignite that passion, and then you can go deeper and study more wherever that little area is, right? So, um, well, you know, any other encouragement? Just thinking about all the different kind of men and women who could be listening. Do you have any other encouragement for pastors, any of your lay leaders? Just...
2: Yeah, I think that one of the concerns is uh, as a pastor, so as a senior pastor, don't you have to be the expert? Mm. Um, And I think one of the the gifts that Carl and I have given to each other is we're we're just not territorial. In fact, I I think we both kind of felt like bumpkins, you know, coming up through. (laughs) We we just grabbed onto the Bible and said, all right, God, you said it. So we're just going to start telling people about it. But we didn't really have a territorial Mm -hmm. nature. If we were having success, uh, we just love that God is is causing that success to happen. But I think one of the biggest things you'll see uh, people struggle with, especially in my position, is they're worried that the recognition or the significance, or when people really get counseled and transformed, they look at that person and are blessed. They say, wow, that that helped me get connected with mm-hmm. the Lord. And they shine. Um, but there can be a jealousy, a spiritual, you know, a, a mm-hmm. spiritual attack that you take on, as a leader. And I'm just going to say, you have to confess that and work through your pride. If Mm -hmm. you're concerned that other people are going to be successful or going to be recognized as a real healer in your church, let it go. Your folks need it. Mm -hmm. And, and they need, you know, people who are called to come alongside you. uh, Paul needed a Barnabas in order to help everyone, you know, not be overwhelmed after he got done speaking. Mm -hmm. You know, there were two roles that were there. There's a Barnabas in your congregation that maybe hasn't been given a voice Mm -hmm. and that's gifted to encourage and counsel and man, cause them to flourish, fan that flame and Mm -hmm. step back. Don't, Mm -hmm. don't try to get reflected glory, you know, Uh, let them flourish and you'll see it take off. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. That's good. And one
3: of the thing that as I'm hearing Justin uh, share that, that I'm reminded of is if we truly believe that each believer is made to minister within the context of local church, we as leaders, do we need ministry Mm -hmm. and are we available to that? And uh, Justin uh, is a cancer survivor and he needed to be ministered to. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, Laura and I are adoptive parents. We are parents of five children. There are different times in our growth as a family where we've needed to be ministered to by the body of Christ Mm -hmm. and in, and the body of Christ observes that and say, even our pastors need us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it really then allows different people that have been placed in the body to see that they are significant to the cause of Christ and their journey. Yeah what they've gone through is part of that testimony and evidence yep. that is that the, the gospel does transform
1: mm-hmm. and
3: that includes your pastors and leaders. Mm-hmm. That's, That's good. really
1: good. Well, you know, I think one takeaway too there is, is try to find someone to, to go into the really pray for some, for God to reveal someone to go into this ministry together. I love y'all story mm-hmm. on how y'all strengthen each other saying that I'm going to need counsel. You're going to need counsel. We even, maybe even our cases, I'm sure y'all have gotten together and did case studies and collaborated yes. mm-hmm. on cases together. Mm-hmm. And the strength that comes from that, you almost better counsel someone with that. So if you're out there and you're really praying about it, considering it, don't know what to do, start talking to those around you and pray that God reveals who is that, 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 that lady or that, uh, that brother in Christ that could really kind of walk with me um, in this process. Right. And Mm -hmm. this call to counsel.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Yeah,
1: in this journey.
0: Uh (laughs) Journey, and we're all definitely (laughs) made to minister. minister. Uh So keep speaking the truth. Hey, we did good today. Uh Well,
1: thank you all. It was a privilege to have you all. Sorry. So thank you. Thank you again so much. It was awesome to have you all on here. Y'all's hospitality here in Oregon is unbelievable. The views of these trees, I... I love you, Texas, but it's going to be hard to come back home. Right, Michael? Yeah, going to be very he hard. He loves the mountains. He's yes. like looking out at the mountains on the plane.
2: You've got the beard for the mountains. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. It's do. all hipster. It's
0: yeah. not yeah. handyman.
1: Oh, <laughs> <hipster>. <laughs> it is not handyman. I can testify to that. Anyways, Carl, Justin, thank you all for what you are doing yeah. here in Oregon. Yeah.